Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's time to tee it up. This is Smoke and Joe's Driving Range, presented by PGA Tour Superstore. Here are your hosts, Smoke and Joe Pogi and Mulligan Matt Musil on Houston Sports Leader, Sports Radio 610. Morning, Houston. Rock and roll is here to stay. We're here, we're there, we're Everywhere, thanks to the World Wide Web. You can find us at www.spokenjoesdrivingrange.com, and that's spoken without the G. And I am Spoken Joe, and I am Mulligan Matt. Good morning, guys. I'm Bobby Beats. Good morning, people. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, Bobby Beats. He's the, he's the inside man. He's got all the connections. He knows everything. So give us a scoop. What's going on with Deshaun Watson, Beats? I don't know. It's, it's it's a it's a very very confusing like roller coaster, honestly, because he really hasn't like spoken out. It's been other people around him, his agent speaking out. Even Titus Howard yesterday said he's not going anywhere. The offensive lineman. So I don't know what to make of it, honestly. There you have it. The inside scoop from Bobby Beats right here. <laughs> Spoken Joe's driving. Yeah, it's. Um, I can tell you this. Uh, of course, no one wants him to go anywhere. I think he's. Uh, just trying to stand up for the rest of the team, all the dysfunction in that organization. It's uh, I've told this, I've said it on channel 11. I think I've said it on here. This is totally different than James Harden. James Harden wanted out to go somewhere else. That's not the case here. Deshaun would just like to have them get this organization together and let's go forward. Let's, let's win some football games instead of just being dysfunctional and, trading away great players and that type of thing. That's, that's what's going on here. And the cryptic messages on social media may not help out, but maybe it does help with someone in management. So uh, we'll see. Another week goes by and we don't have a head coach yet. Yep, 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 yep. You know, we only had the crystal ball, but I am pulling up the crystal ball. We're down to the final four. You got Buffalo. You got Kansas City. You got Green Bay. And you got Tampa. Could this be the year? The first time in NFL history, the host city of the Super Bowl has the home team in the game. Well, you know, we've, we've talked about this scenario before. Uh, when Houston had the Super Bowl the last time, the Texans actually showed potential early in the season. And uh, we were talking about that. New Orleans has had that before. They have been favorites uh, before, and they were set to host. Uh, it's never happened. I don't think it's going to happen this time either. Uh, but it could, it, it's nice to, uh, it's a, it's a fun topic to talk about, but 
as great as Brady is, and he's won a lot of cold weather games, I don't see them winning in Green Bay, but it might happen. Bobby, what do you think? Yeah, I, I mean, going in that tundra of, of Lambeau Field for Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, I don't I don't see those guys pulling out a victory. Aaron Rodgers, is, he will be the MVP of this season. So I I would love to see it, but I, I just can't see it as well. So I agree with Mulligan. Yeah, I have to go. Aaron Rodgers right now is, is making a statement. He's uh, He's got an exclamation point. I know it's going to come down to is it Patrick Mahomes or is it Aaron Rodgers or MVP, and I say split it down the middle. They both deserve it. Yeah, for sure. And you bring up Patrick Holmes. Will he be available for the game? It looks like he will be. Uh, will he be 100%? We don't know that. But uh, that's a big question mark there. If he plays and if he's close to 100%, I'm picking the Chiefs. Uh, but you have to give the Bills a lot of credit. Boy, it's been a long time coming. And that small city up there in northern New York, they're going crazy up there. I don't know if you saw – I ran into a guy on the course – when we saw each other Monday, Joe, he was wearing a Bills cap. <laughs> and I was like, hey, Buffalo, huh? And he's going, oh, he could not stop talking Speaking about it. Speaking of which, if, 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 if Super Bowl is Kansas City Green Bay, isn't that the anniversary of the very first Super Bowl? The, the very first one. Yep, there you go. Which at that time, I believe tickets sold for like $10. Yeah, and the crazy thing was you could watch um, – you could watch on both NBC and CBS yeah, because yeah. the old AFL was an NBC property and the NFL was always tied with CBS. And uh, yeah. my uncle, who had a color TV set, one thing we didn't have, uh, we put the rabbit ears up and uh, we watched on NBC because it was uh, it, they had instant replay. They uh, had copyrighted instant replay before CBS. Well, real quick, quick basketball note. Let's go to where it counts, college basketball. Two of the best teams in the nation right here in Texas. You got UT and you got U of H. U of H won again Thursday night. I mean, Wednesday night, they beat up on Tulsa, the only team that they lost to up there. Uh, They're looking very strong. Uh, UT, they have some players. They went into Kansas and did some whomping on them that I've never seen before. It would be really cool if March Madness matched up and maybe wait until the final four, but UT versus U of H would be pretty fun. That would, that would be fantastic. Of course, now they're talking about the entire event being held up in Indianapolis, uh, which I think would be smart. Um, so however it gets there, I just don't, uh, you know, last year was such a letdown. Uh, but of course, uh, the massive outbreak was going on at the time. Um, it it might've been one of those super spreader type events, but if they would have maybe put a little more forethought into that and looked ahead, they could have had a bubble situation and played it out because as it worked out, they would have had a captive audience. Everyone was watching TV. They were, everyone was hunkered down, but it cost the NCAA. It cost so many schools, hundreds of millions of dollars. And we see sports being dropped you know, minor sports being dropped all over the place by major universities because they didn't get that NCAA tournament money. So um, I hope it happens. I hope no one uh, gets extra sick over this. I hope they do it right. But uh, I think it it will happen. You know, what's interesting, you know, the Masters is still going on, Joe. You know, last I had, but they've canceled, you know, they've they've canceled River Oaks Tennis. There's uh, another, what was the next big event that just canceled? It was a national event, April event. I mean, it's, 
Well, know, the, the, the pandemic better. is still in full force. I mean, it's exactly. got more victims than they did last year from that. However, yeah. the PGA has figured it out. Yeah, you they know, have. The, none of the California events are having any spectators. They've dropped all the pro-ams from Bob Hope and the Pebble Beach, uh, but they've, they've figured it out. Uh, you know, if you look at the NFL, they have figured it out. They've had a pretty good run this season. You know, they've protected their TV schedule. Uh, NBA, not quite as good, but still fairly good. Baseball, okay. So it takes a lot of common sense. It takes a lot of practice. It takes a lot of patience. It takes a lot of testing. But it's going to work a lot out. Of dis- no, it takes sure. a lot of discipline on yes, the athletes and yeah. coaches' uh, part. So uh, we'll I, see. I, I, I just- mean, we got a big challenge coming up with baseball, so we'll see what that happens. But let's yeah, get to exactly. golf. Golf, we have a lot of bullet points we got to hit on. First oh, of yeah. all, the oh. big news that snuck out this week, Tiger Woods had back surgery again uh, in the same area that he had. However, it was supposedly just to relieve a little pressure on a disc fragment. Uh, and there's different reports. Rory says he's going to be fine. You'll see him back before the Masters. Uh, Noah Begay says he saw him out just kind of, you know, hit him a couple of wedge shots. So, Maybe it's uh, media making more something out of nothing. but uh, And here's a story that kind of a lot of people haven't heard about. Our local fan favorite and Masters winner and U.S. Open winner, Anil Cabrera, mm-hmm. arrested in Brazil for assault, theft, and intimidation. Whoa. What yes. exactly, what details do you have? Uh, it has to do with uh, an ex-girlfriend. Mm. Uh, some of this stuff is sketchy. Uh, he is from Argentina. It happened in Brazil. Uh, I think they had to arrest him outside of uh, back in Argentina. And next, anyway, it's just it's not real good. So I hate hearing uh, that. Uh, we mentioned that uh, the California events will not have any fans at them. Um, it, and then the, the the one that's going to be really interesting is that they have announced the waste management in Phoenix will be limited to five thousand fans. They do 20,000 fans on the 16th hole right, alone. Exactly. <laughs> so, so they need to do that. I mean, it, whatever it takes to be safe, that, that's what needs to be done. And we, right. we need to, you know, people need to stop clamoring about how bad it is, how different it is. Let, let's, let's, as you said, Joe, let's be safe how we yes. do these things. Just wear your mask. Step back. Yeah. And we thought, you know, last year, oh, Start of the year, oh, you know, they've got this thing going on over overseas. That's never going to come here because of modern medicine and all. Uh, no. And here we are in 2021. We don't know when this thing's going to end. Uh, I, that one event I was telling you about, I can't think what it was, but it was scheduled for April, and they've moved it to October. Hopeful that, you know, things will die down uh, by October. We don't know. We don't know. We're hopeful the vaccine is here. People are getting. I told you I got it. I had an adverse reaction, but uh, doing well now. I'm going to get a second shot soon. People need to get vaccinated, and we'll march forward. Yep. A couple of uh, knee-jerk reactions. The Ralph Lauren Corporation dropped Justin Thomas from their sponsorship after he didn't know Mike was on. He missed a putt, and he referred to himself in a homophobic word. So they dropped him. Uh, and because of that, Thomas has entered into a program of sensitivity. And I'm kind of like, oh, that's, that's gone too far. Uh, first of all, no one should have heard it. They shouldn't have had a mic. And, you know, I mean, that's kind of an invasion of privacy, number one. Number two, he's talking to himself. 
And you know how many times on the golf course I call myself idiot, but nobody argues? Yeah, but you don't use that word. And these guys. Well, I don't cuss on the it. golf course either. I say Chrysler. Exactly. I say right. Fuddrucker. Mm-hmm. I say, you know, a lot, you know, I say lots of words that, you know, I can say. But anyway, just but it's, a little it's, opinion it's all there. about all about personal management. These guys get paid millions of dollars. Their endorsement money is worth millions of dollars. Cameras and microphones are around all the time. And it's all about personal habits. I mean, I, I, know, I know what you mean. It sounds unfair. But at the same time, these guys ha- and women, whoever, they need to be more aware. It's like when you enter the radio or TV business, by the way, stop cussing. You could be in a Chrysler, Yeah. I say son of a biscuit eater, you know, uh, hot dog. Yeah. You, you're, you could have a microphone on at any point. If you Slide want to be in this business, don't be cussing a lot. Right. You know? Well, speaking of cussing, we're running late, looking great. We've got a jump. <laughs> We've got a great interview coming up next. We've got from the Houston Chronicle, Mr. David Barron, who just retired this year. I'm Smoking Joe. I'm Mulligan Matt. I'm Bobby Beats. And this is Smoking Joe's Driving Range right here on CBS Sports Radio 650. Welcome back, Smoking Joe's Driving Range. I'm Smoking Joe. I'm Mulligan Matt. I'm Bobby Beats. Yeah, Beats Man. Oh, yeah. Um, This next gentleman that we're going to have on has been a standard in the Houston Chronicle for over 30 years. I look forward to reading his different articles. He's he's got great insight to sports. Every now and then he writes articles about broadcasting and what's happening in the media world and everything. And he is now starting some new adventure. He's going to be writing in some different aspects. So we're going to find out all exactly what he's going to be up to and find out some of the highlights of his career. Please welcome... Formerly of the Houston Chronicle, Mr. David Barron. Good morning, sir. Hey, Dave. Good morning, Good morning Joe. You, Great uh, to have you along with us. Thank you very much. So you're heading down that road of a, a new adventure, uh, a road that made itself available to you. How 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 was the last day? The saying goodbye and everything. Uh, it was it was hard. I've been doing this for 46 years in some way, shape, or form, and I've been at the Chronicle for 31 years. And- Houston has been very good to me, and uh, uh, part of me thinks that I'm 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 deserting the troops, but but part of me thinks that I I there's so much that I haven't done with my life because I've I've worked so much that I'd like to give myself a chance to do a few a few different things. I hope. Yeah, that what's what's the one thing you want to do now you're going to, you can, you can decide now what you write and don't write and you will have freedom to do that. David, what's the first thing you want to do? The first thing I look, I look forward to doing is, uh, is getting, I, I apologize for the yard guy. In the uh, I, 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 I look forward to, uh, to, uh, getting to the world where I can travel to East Texas and, uh, Whoop, there's your yard guy. Hang on a second, Dave. We missed that. Your yard guy was getting loud. What 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 is your first goal? Look forward to go going back to these sites and spending some time with my family. I I've I've not always been the best brother or the most attentive brother. I've uh, I've uh, I've always had things that I thought that I had to do and so I I'm hoping to be able to to be a better friend and a better brother and, and also be able to, to survive some things as, as, as the occasion arises. So 
try to be a little bit better, but more rounded human being. That's what we all should have a goal of, right? David, let me ask, uh, your writing career, where did it start and who was your mentor? Who was the guy that, or individual that says, you've got a skill? Well, I uh, started writing as when I was a, a sophomore at Tyler Junior College. Uh, I had had a friend who worked for the news, the student newspaper, and uh, I thought if he could do it, I could do it. And then a, a professor at Tyler Junior College named Robert Peters uh, who also was the National Weather Service observer for Tyler, uh, helped me get a job at the Tyler Warning Telegraph after my sophomore year at uh, Tyler Junior College. And then I went, went to the University of Texas, got a degree, and then came back and worked at Tyler for, for three years, and then moved on to Waco, and then to the Dallas Bureau of UPI, and, uh, uh, and then to the Chronicle in 1990. If you look at your career at the Chronicle, is it possible to describe the top 10 sporting events in this 31-year career? I did seven Olympics. That's, uh, that's, that, would, mm-hmm. that would take up a lot of slots. Um, <laughs> I uh, did both the BCS championship games, which the University of Texas played, the USC game, and then the Alabama game. Uh, I got to cover my high school, uh, John Tyler High School, now Tyler High School, uh, winning a state championship and division championship in 1994. Uh, I, got, I got to cover both, uh, both uh, well, pardon me, all, all three of the Astros World Series. Mm-hmm. Got to cover the uh, the ALCS between the Red Sox and the Yankees in 2004. Uh, any, any number of... Uh, USA Gymnastics Championships involving so many great gymnasts in the Houston area, and just, just dozens of them that did a great deal for me. You know, when you join the Chronicle, it's kind of like the Chronicle put together a Super Bowl team of sports writers. I mean, you had Fran Blinberry, Adele Robertson, John Lopez, Jerome Solomon, yourself, several others I'm probably forgetting. Was it a kind of a fraternity of a good time and sharing of ideas and celebrating sports in Houston? So much so. So very, very much so. That was uh, several, several of us were here already. Several people, including me, came at the behest of Dan Cunningham, who became the sports editor for the Chronicle in 1989 and pretty much reshaped the department and, 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 and did great things uh, that had not been done at the Chronicle perhaps ever in terms of the sports coverage. David, I, I want to go back to, you touched on gymnastics and, and the same way for me, uh, knowing so many great gymnasts coming up through um, the ranks here in Houston. Um, were you as shocked as me? I, I spent so much time around the Corollis and working out because Bella loved to have TV crews out there because they put, you know, the limelight on the girls, even in practice. Um, were you as shocked as me when uh, those uh, revelations came out um, about what had gone on? Absolutely. Uh, I, 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 had, I had never met Larry Nasser. Uh, I, I perhaps, maybe I heard the name, but I, I, I knew perhaps who he was, but I never met him. I thought I thought that the ranch was the safest place on earth. I thought mm-hmm. I, I thought I thought that 
that these women, these young women were so important. And, and, and it, I have to betray a little bit of cynicism here. I thought that they were, they were so important to them that they would be willing to, to uh, damage their psyches, but not their bodies, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that, they, that they would try to, to uh, uh, that, they would, that they would use that Eastern European mindset of, Mm-hmm. Only the strong survived to, to forge what they, what they, in their view was a, was a great athlete. But I never thought that there would that that they, that they would damage them in a way that they did. And and of course, in, in the way that they that they conducted themselves, they did a lot of damage to to these women as well. Uh, uh, I, I I'm not sure if you were out there, Matt, on the when they had the one day uh, training camp for. Uh, for the 2004 Olympic team, and they let gymnasts came in, and, and you you remember that there that, mm-hmm. that, 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 that little ranch road was 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 backed up for miles, and mm-hmm. there was no place to sit in that gym. And that evening, uh, they named the team on live TV. It was the most it was one of the cruelest things I ever saw. Uh, where basically it's like you're you're breaking you're breaking breaking young women's hearts on. We're on the phone with David Barrett, uh, great writer of the Chronicle over 30 years. Uh, David, in your 30-year career, is there five Houston sports figures that really shaped Houston sports that you would identify with? Well, Earl Campbell was before my time, but but I but I got to see Earl when he played in high school. Uh, I got to see his first varsity game at John Tyler in 1971 uh, when he was a linebacker. Uh I, and he's he's still the only. Uh, there are maybe I think ten or eleven athletes from Texas who are in the Texas high school, the college football, and the and the pro football hall of fame and halls of fame. And the only one who played their entire career more or less on each level is Earl Campbell. Uh, each of each of the others played elsewhere, either in college or the or the pros, including a few who obviously came played before the we had pro football in Texas. Uh, uh, other than that, uh, I, I I put great store by what George Springer meant to the Astros. I thought that that Springer was the first of uh, of that that group. Even even though Jose Altuve was already here, I thought that Springer's arrival heralded a new era for the Astros, and that ended up, I think, being the case. And I think his his leadership and his his clubhouse presence, I think, formed the the core of that team. And I think that they're, 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 they're forever different now, now that he's gone. Uh, Akeem Olajuwon obviously is, 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 is a, a personality and a, 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 an athlete and a presence who has had an impact both on and off the court. And you can, you can never, I, I, I think he probably is the, is, he, 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 he continues to have a presence, I think, here. Earl, Earl is not so much evident here anymore. I think Akeem's presence uh, continues. So perhaps he might be the, 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 the most overwhelming presence of any athlete that, that has come around and that I, whose, whose, whose career has overlapped with my, with my time here. Uh, based, uh, other, I, I know that the people of a certain generation will always say Nolan Ryan, uh, uh, I think that the the uh, in the Olympic sports, 
Simone is uh, Simone Biles obviously is a is a overwhelming figure, but I'm not sure if she she had she has the as an impact in the same way that Elijah Wan did. Team sports are different than individual sports, obviously. Uh, well, that's a, that's that's a that's a that's a really tough one. Mike Matt Matt can have a, do a better job on that one. He's been around longer. Than David, well, you did a great uh, one. That was that was a great list. I will say this: it was amazing. You know, Mary Lou Retton, as far as gymnastics, had such an impact because it was uh, you know burst onto the scene. But she is she readily admits at any point, David. You know, she said Simone Biles is so much greater than I ever was, and uh, and Simone will continue on. It'll be interesting to see. What's your prediction? Will the Olympics happen this summer? I think there's too much money involved for them not to happen. Uh, uh, whether whether they will allow spectators is the question. Whether they will allow media to be on site is another question. Uh, and then beyond that, if uh, they do, well, even if they do allow media on site, uh, will we be able to have face-to-face a- access to the athletes? I don't see that happening. And if you're not doing that, you may as well watch it on television from here and do Zoom calls. And that that had an impact on on, on what I wanted to, to do this year. It's at some point uh, that I knew that I was going to have to to take a step back. And if I wasn't going to be able to do a, do an Olympics in the, in the way that I wanted to, maybe this would be the year. So we'll, we'll, we'll see. I'm, I'm, hope, I'm hopeful that the Olympics happen. And, and I'm hopeful that, uh, that people are able to – to, to compete in it and enjoy it and, uh, and cover it in a, in a way that approximates what we were able to do in the past, but it's, it's not going to be the same this year. And I'm not sure if it ever will be the same. Do you ever think, Matt, that we'll, that we'll get back into the into baseball clubhouses in the same way that we have over the years? Now that, now that they realize they can keep us in a box, <laughs> not let us in there. I, it's, it's going to be different from now on. There's no doubt about it. It's going to be different. And that is, and that's what we love about our job, right, Dave? That's the one thing that people don't understand. We, we build relationships and that's, that's what our best stories come from. And I guess that's, I guess that made it easier for you to make the decision to retire. Did it not? It it figured into it. Yeah, it did. Uh, I'm hopeful that I can still show up. I still have a BBWAA card, so I'll mark if I want, if if I, if I, if I desire to. So, uh, but, uh, I think that we've seen the best, the best years of this Astros group, uh, could be wrong. Uh, Michael Brantley returning obviously was a, was a big plus for them. And, uh, Justin Verlander will have another year when he when he comes back off of uh, surgery, and uh, they have players that developed last year. Kyle Tucker, uh, it's just the burden of Kyle Tucker. <laughs> he, he, he he finally lived up to that overwhelming, uh, <laughs> yeah. that, that crushing potential that we had piled on him uh, mm-hmm. last year. Uh, so I think I, I think that there's a, a possibility. Although I was I, in one of the last stories I wrote, I basically said that the Houston sports here is in the same degree of turmoil that it was when I came here in January 1990, right after Jerry Glanville retired and the year after Nolan Ryan had left for, uh, for Arlington. It's, it's pretty much just the same degree of turmoil. Although I think if, if Deshaun Watson, if he departs, I think at that point, we, 
we've uh, entered into a new era of, of uh, dystopia in terms of Houston sports. Ooh. Ooh. David Barron, it's great to have you on. Hopefully we can do this again a couple of times. And I look forward to the new adventures of the David Barron word and reading them. Thank you uh, very much. Joe. Thank you, Matt. Thank you all. Thank, well, thank you, David. Go out, have a great day and uh, greatly appreciate this time. We look forward to talking to you in the future. Thank you. Thank you both. There you Take go. care. We're going to take a break, come right back, and talk to one of Golf Digest's new up-and-coming golf teaching pros. I'm Smoking Joe. I'm Mulligan Matt. I'm Bobby Beats. And this is Smoking Joe's Driving Range right here on CBS Sports Radio 650. Welcome back, Smoking Joe's Driving Range. I'm Smoking Joe. I'm Mulligan Matt. I'm Bobby Beats. Uh, you can find everything out about all three of us at www.smokingjoesdrivingrange.com and that's smoking without a G. Without the G. Yes. Last week, we were very pleased to have longtime friend, the lady that makes us live up to our resolutions and get fit. Pam Owens is on with us. And uh, as we're talking to her, all of a sudden we got a notice. Royal Oaks had one of the recognized Golf Digest Young New Teachers of America. And I says, whoa, Pam, we need an introduction. She did it. So joining us right now, Instructor Elite for Royal Oaks Country Club, Robert Scott. Good morning, sir. Hey, Robert. Good morning, everyone. How's everybody doing? Doing great. Doing great. Absolutely great. Uh, First of all, how long have you been at Royal Oaks? I've been at Royal Oaks seven years as of last August. Seven years. Yeah. Wow. So you were there with, was it Ryan Posner was there? Ryan, Ryan Polson was the head golf professional, the guy who brought yeah. me in. Yep. Okay, awesome. And, hey, I have a question. I asked Joe this the other day. I forgot to ask Pam. Who was the guy that led the tournament? I think he's from Canada, but he was a Royal Oaks guy. In the tournament. Sloan. What was it? Roger Sloan. Yes. Yes. How's he? How's he doing? How's his success on the tour now? He's good. You know, with with the pandemic, we hadn't seen him a bunch um, because you know when everything started, you know we were kind of running very limited as far as the practice facilities and the golf course, and uh, you know we would see him from time to time. But once he gets his year kicked off, we don't see him a ton unless he's in town for a couple weeks. But most of the time, he's you know he's on the road. Yeah, PJ Life is on the road a lot. Yeah. Um, How does that help you, um, prestige-wise? I guess uh, as instructors and and people who run that golf club, ha- ha- that has to have some type of effect, right? When you have a member who's who's doing great things out on the tour. Yeah, it does. Uh, you know, it brings some you know some notoriety to the club for sure, especially when he's up in the lead. And so normally when that happens, you know, we'll even send out an email blast to all the members so that they're keeping on, you know, keeping track of what's going on. And, you know, they're kind of a part of the whole success. So it's uh, it's really cool when he's leading. You know, we all get to celebrate with him for sure. So, Robert, before Royal Oaks, where were you? How'd you get a start in golf? So I got a start in golf. I'm actually an engineer by trade. Um, wow. You know, I, I did engineering for a little while, and, and I realized I didn't want to be in an office all day. And, you know, I, golf was really my true passion. And I wasn't really good enough to play, so I got in the golf business in 2004. And I worked at a club called Greatwood Golf Club over in Sugarland, and I was there for almost two years. 
And then I transitioned to another sister property after that. And I was there for five years. And so during that time, I didn't really know what I wanted to do in the golf realm. And then I actually got out of the golf business for a little while and I sold watches uh, in the gallery. Yeah, I know. Crazy. And so I that for a little while. I realized that I wanted to coach. And so I got back into the golf business and I, I worked at this little small country club called Willow Fort out in yeah. Katy. Yeah. And I was there for two years. And then I really started getting into studying different golf swings and learning how to coach and learning how people learn and motor patterns and all that stuff. And I got really lucky that while I was there, I picked up this kid who was in high school and he was very raw, but he was very good. And so I started kind of testing out different thoughts on what I thought the golf swing should be on him. And so then I started having some success and then he actually ended up going to play in college and he just turned professional. He's been doing really well. So then it was like, okay, What's his name? This. Really? Yeah. What, what, uh, Michael Cotton. What school did he play at? Um, he plays in North, he played in North Texas and then he lives in, um, it's a little small town by uh, San Marcos. He lives in San Marcos now. Okay. So he practices out of there, but um, he's get, he's going to do really well, I think. Really well. And where did you get your engineer degree at? Uh, U of H. Coops. Are Houston Coops. native? Yeah, born and raised. Where'd you go to high school? Stephen F. Austin in Sugar Land. All right. Okay. Austin High School. Yeah. Did you play golf in, in high school? I did. That's uh, actually when I actually started playing golf. So I'm six foot three now, but at the end of my freshman year, I was five foot three. And I really loved basketball. And the <laughs> basketball thing wasn't working out because I wasn't growing. So, you know, when I was growing up, we weren't the kids that stayed inside. You know, it was, hey, I want to be outside. So I was like, okay, well, maybe I'll try golf. So I started playing golf and then I really took to it. I really loved it. So then I played in high school. And then I tried to play in college, and that didn't really work out. So then I was just kind of in limbo for a while until I finished school. So that's, this is pretty fascinating. What, uh, what golf course did you play in high school? So when I was in high school, we practiced at Old Orchard, which is no longer around. Uh, that's what I was going to say, Old Orchard, right across right, the street right. from Austin. Yeah. Yeah, that place was really cool. Yeah. Pecan Grove Country Club. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've had some buddies that play out there. They say it's in really good shape. But the old orchard, man, I had some good memories. They had, they had the three nines. Yeah, right. I think one was the farm, over. the stable, and the oaks. The range. The range, the range yep. yep. Uh, the range I didn't care for. The other two I thought were just fantastic. There's no, one. stable, for sure. Was the, the one that had a par five next to a fence. It was like on the north side. It was <laughs> yeah, just, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's deadly. horses. Yeah, oh, that, was, that was a great layout, and uh, uh, they sold it and turned it into residential. But right next to it is uh, Shadow Hawk and yep, Houston no doubt, like so. which are very nice courses as well. Yeah. So, yep. have you? Do you have a pretty good, extensive list of uh, clients, or is you? Are you more of a drop in, or how? No, how do you? I have a pretty good list of clients. I have quite a few juniors um, who come to see me when they get out of school. So my afternoons during the week are very busy because um, once they get out of school, then I, I have some that come the same time every week. 
So I have, you know, kind of clients that are coming all the time. I have some that are dropping in. And then I'm also doing programming where I have clinics. So I have group clinics sometimes in the mornings. And I'm uh, guessing those are open for non-residents also. You don't have to live in Royal Oaks to, to take lessons from you, correct? Correct. Um, yeah. What do you like best? A beginner? A... 10 to 12 handicapper or a single digit handicapper? Um, I like all of them. They all require a different skill set. Um, your beginners, you're kind of molding them in. You're giving them a lot of direction. Your 10 to 12 handicap, they already have some established things that they do in their golf swing. And it's more about what are their goals? And then how do you push them in the right direction to be able to manage the golf course when they are playing uh, and, and making them understand or having them understand that you don't necessarily have to be perfect to play good golf. And then when you come with the more experienced or elite player, it's a lot more open dialogue and a lot more questions. They're already experienced and they're already good. Your job as a coach is really not to screw them up and how to get the most out of what they do well. So we can send Bobby Beats out to you and you can take a guy who has no yeah. idea what a golf club is and do wonderful things. Sure, sure. <laughs> Bobby Beats, we got a new deal for you. Uh- <laughs> hey, Joe, you, you know, the guys I, you saw me with on Monday, Dion, our director, he hasn't played a dozen rounds of golf in his entire life. And yeah. Joe came up on us, and we're playing the blue tees, Robert. And he goes, what are you guys doing? I said, these guys want to play the blue tees. I don't know. But, uh, of course, that is not the advice you would give, would it? Is it? Uh, it is not. I would say start from the tee box where you're going to have fun, where you're not going to hit your longest club into every green, where you have some opportunities to score. You know, I'll even have some of my better players – start from even further up than they would ever play in any tournament just so they can learn how to score, how they can also be comfortable being, you know, not one or two under par, but six under par, you know, and what, what needs to be the mindset when they get to that point, not necessarily trying to be in protect mode, but still being relatively aggressive and trying to improve that scoring. Yeah. I'm always amazed. I I, I play a lot of golf at Quo Valley and I'm always amazed that, the number of guys that show up, and they might be a 15, 16 handicap, and they go to the back tees. And I'm, like, and I'm like, guys, getting a birdie is a lot of fun. You're, not, you're only going to get back there at double bogeys and triples. I mean, yeah. anyway, so how did the Golf Digest, how did that come about? Did, did somebody nominate you? Did you did, how does that whole process work? How, when you found out, how did you feel? So last year – or I guess year before last now, kind of around November, I was actually in Golf, De- Golf Digest for the first time uh, for best, best teachers, not no matter the age, just best teachers in the country. And then they also break down that list by state. So I was in that list for the first time ever, which was super awesome. It was my first time. Uh, actually, when I read the email, like I had somebody else read it. So I was like, is this, is this for real? Like, am I reading this correct? <laughs> and um, so then after that, I guess you're kind of like on the radar. So now at the end of last year, kind of around September, they sent me another form to fill out for best young teachers. 
And they had sent me that list before um, when I was a little younger. And, you know, at the time, I, I maybe didn't have the credentials or the, the skill sets where I got in. So I kind of made it a goal where if I, if I really want to qualify for this list, I have to do more. I have to put myself more out there. And so, yes, I've become a better coach, but I've also made myself more, more visible to others. So they send you kind of like a survey to fill out. You fill that survey out and then it's voted on by your peers. And so then you get another email once they made the decision whether you're in or not. So to answer the second part of your question, reading it again, it, it was super cool because it, it just kind of validated like all the work that I've put in and all the studying that I've put in and, you know, all the people who helped me kind of get to this point. So it was very satisfying. Well, congratulations. Awesome. It's been a pleasure having you on the show with us. Uh, if our listeners want to give you a call about a lesson and a tip, what do they get a hold of you? Uh, they can go to royaloakscc.com or they can call the golf shop at 281-899-3270. Well, congratulations, Robert Scott. It's a, pl- a pleasure. Your career is totally fascinating. You know, you ought to hook up with David Barrett and write a book because it's pretty, pretty interesting how your career has evolved. So thank you so much for joining the show. Thanks so much for having me on. I appreciate it. And if you guys ever need help, uh, please feel free to reach out. I'd have, be happy to help you guys. Thank Thanks, you, Robert. Robert Scott, Royal Oaks Country Club. We're running late, looking great. I'm Smoking Joe. I'm Mulligan Matt. I'm Bobby Beats. On Smoking Joe's Driving Range right here at CBS Sports Radio 650. Thank you for listening to Smoke and Joe's Driving Range, presented by PGA Tour Superstore. Check out joesdrivingrange.com for more from the show and enjoy your day on the course. From Houston's sports leader, Sports Radio 610. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseballs and boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.